Hello and welcome to the program. You know what it's called already. It's called the Conservative Crusader. Thank you for tuning in today. Really appreciate all the support here lately. Leading up to the daily podcast, which it was a weekly podcast, not a daily podcast. So the support we've seen is truly inspiring to continue to go on with the podcast every single day. Wake up early so I can record for y'all. It is truly inspiring. And thank you all. Fighting for faith, family, and freedoms on the front lines of the America First Movement. Go to GOPjosh.com. Find all my social medias there. Follow my Gab. My Gab is Gab.com slash GOPjosh. Telegram, T.me slash GOPjosh. Stay up with me if I get nuked on Twitter. As are many, 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 many conservative uh, conservative crusaders, uh, uh, as are many conservative content creators. Chris Wallace, the registered Democrat host of Fox News Sunday and presidential debate moderator is leaving Fox News and he is joining CNN Plus which is our streaming service and I think he will be welcomed with open arms on CNN Plus Fox News anchor Chris Wallace one of the few high profile news personalities who retained a reputation okay but, but okay this article is opinionated this article is written by Brian Stelzer which is from reliable sources if you don't know Mr. Potato Head himself and Oliver Dar- Oliver Darcy is their senior political reporter or editor or whatever it is it is, but Brian Stelter is the uh, is the pen of the article, is the writer of the article. So this is what it says. Fox News anchor Chris Wallace, one of the few high-profile news personalities who retained a reputation of integrity as Fox leaned hard into right-wing and conspiratorial programming, announced Sunday that he is departing the network and joining CNN Plus to host a weekday show. Wallace made the stunning announcement from of his departure at the end of his Fox News Sunday, the flagship weekly political program that he has moderated since 2003. It is the last time, and I say this with real sadness, we will meet like this, Wallace said. He described his time at Fox as a great ride, he, and he said he's ready for a new adventure. That adventure will take place at CNN, where Wallace will become an anchor at First CNN Plus, a stream streaming service launching early 2022. Wallace will host a weekday show interviewing, new, featuring interviews with newsmakers across politics, business, sports, and culture. I am thrilled to join CNN Plus, Wallace said in a statement after decades of broad, in broadcast and cable news. I'm excited to explore... Where did it go? I explore the world of streaming. Sorry, I lost my place there for a second. I look forward to the new freedom and flexibility streaming affords and interviewing major figures across the news uh, news landscape and finding new ways to tell stories. CNN Worldwide President Jeff Zucker said Wallace's appointment speaks volume about our commitment to journalism and CNN Plus, and we are thrilled to have Chris on the ground floor of helping us build the next generation of CNN and news. Wallace, 74, had multiple options when his four-year contract with Fox, four-year Fox contract was approaching its end, end point earlier this year. Wallace ultimately decided he didn't want to renew with Fox, according to a person with knowledge in the matter. Numerous Fox staffers praised Wallace on Sunday and said they were disappointed by the news. Uh, Fox, Fox praised Wallace and said that it will rotate hosts on Fox News Sunday until a permanent moderator is named. And here's a point that's kind of important. And I think this probably led to Chris Wallace's departure because obviously he he's a registered Democrat. He's not the most conservative person on Fox News' staff. Um, let, let's, let's see here. The network's top host, Tucker Carlson, has drawn extraordinary criticism for producing a special report punishing the f- pushing the false notion that January 6th the cap- attack on the Capitol was a false flag orchestrated by the federal government. Carlson has also trafficked in anti-rhetoric and pushed the racist great replacement conspiracy theory on his show. Wallace, who found, often found himself rebutting some of the falsehoods pushed by his own network, reportedly objected to Car- uh, Carlson's conspiratorial content. Um, 
NPR reported that he had voice objection to network brass about the program, which also led to the re- resignation of two longtime Fox News commentators. Okay. So CNN is poaching a Democrat from Fox News and then claims that Fox News is too right wing. I'm not saying that Chris Wallace didn't leave on his own will. I'm not saying that at all. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he had other options. But CNN poaches, or not conservative, but Democrats on Fox News' staff hosts probably one of the top shows because it's broadcast on every Fox affiliate. I know Fox 28 and Columbus broadcast it. That's usually where I I watch it if I watch it in the morning at like 11 a.m. or something. I don't watch it very often. But they're poaching a Democrat. And then they're saying, yeah, you know, um, Fox News is right wing and too right wing. <laughs> it, it doesn't make any sense to me how, how you can complain about someone being too right wing and conspirator, uh, conspiracy theorist and then poach someone from their staff. I really don't know how that works. I'm not on the staff. Uh, best wishes to Chris, uh, Chris Wallace. I was looking at my next paper with Chris Cuomo, so that's why I said Cuomo, but... Best wishes to Chris Wallace. I do not agree with him, obviously. I do not think he treated Trump fairly during the debates, but good luck with him. Good luck on his future ventures. So Chris Cuomo, we're getting staying on the CNN topic. CNN has been in the news a lot lately. What's it called when you, when you can't report the news, you make the news so you can have something to report? Chris Cuomo, CNN producer, charged with luring girls for sexual training. Uh, this is from Dana Kennedy at New York Post. A veteran CNN producer who worked shoulder to shoulder with now disgraced ex-anchor Chris Cuomo has been indicted on charges of luring young girls to his Vermont ski house for sexual subservience training. John Griffin of Stanford, Connecticut, allegedly used messaging apps to befriend and persuade moms of young girls, telling them a woman is a woman regardless of her age, and that he should be the one to train their daughters um, sexually, according to the indictment from the U.S. Attorney of Vermont. Griffin allegedly got at least one mom of two daughters to bring the girls to his his Ludlow ski getaway in June 2022. It was the mom's responsibility to see that her only her older daughter, just 13 years old, was trained properly. Griffin told her, according to the indictment. Griffin, a father himself, sent the woman three thousand dollars for plane tickets so they could fly from Nevada to Boston Logan Airport where he picked them up in his Tesla for the ride to Ludlow, according to court papers. There were, it was there that the daughter was directed to engage in and did engage in unlawful sexual activity, the authorities alleged. Griffin attempted to entice two other children over the internet into sexual activity, according to his indictment, with favorite apps like Kick and Google Hangout for the alleged misdeeds, a virtual training session um, over a video chat, instructing a mother and her 14-year-old daughter to do terrible things together. Do you see why I work in, uh, I mean, so many conservatives are trying to build an alternative to the mainstream media, are trying to build an alternative to, what, what do they call themselves, the leader in news, uh, CNN tagline. But what's their slogan? The most trusted name in news. Okay. The most trusted name in news is allowing this to happen. And I'm sure they knew about it. He's too 
he's too large not to know about it. That's disgusting. Griffin, who calls himself a father on his Twitter feed and appears to have three young children, worked at CNN for almost nine years. He held producing positions at ABC, Fox News, and CBS. As an entrepreneurial producer who combines uncommon technical skills with exceptional experience, honed editorial judgment, always with an eye towards how can we do it better. The government will seek to take the property used in the alleged crimes, his ski house, his Tesla, and a Mercedes, according to the indictment. He faces a mandatory minimum of 10 years in jail on each count. The same group of people, the same party, and I'm trying to make this partisan because these these young girls should not be partisan. But I'm just saying, this the same group whose name is repeatedly on Epstein's flight log as it's being released in the Glenn Maxwell trial. The same group that covered up so much child trafficking. The same group that pays CNN, the same group that CNN bases their editorial perspectives on, are allowing this to happen. Are allowing this disgusting, despicable, anti-humane behavior to happen under their watch. I'm praying for the young girls who, who, whose lives have been utterly changed forever. I'm praying for anyone involved in any of these situations as I do. Because that is just utterly, utterly disgusting. Utterly wrong. I really don't have anything else to say about that. But that's disgusting. That that's that that's <clears throat> Okay, we're gonna move on. Because I really don't want to talk about that and dwell on that much longer. I don't know if we even have time for this whole No, we don't have time for this analysis right now. We'll do this after the break. We're gonna have to move on to what do we have a shorter article in here? I know I've read all of these, but I don't really know how long they are. Okay. We're gonna move on to Hillary Clinton. I didn't want to do all three headline articles in the same segment, but you know. If Trump wins in 2024, it could be the end of our democracy, according to Breitbart.com. Former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, the 2016 Democratic Party nominee for president, said Sunday on NBC's Today that if former President Donald Trump won the presidency in 2024, it could be the end of U.S. democracy. Clinton said, if I was a betting person right now, I'd say Trump is going to run again. He seems to be setting himself up to do that, and if if he's not held accountable, then he gets to do it again. I think that it could be the end of our democracy. Not to be too pointed about it, but I want people to understand that this is a make-or-break point. If he or someone of his ick were once again to be elected, ilk were once again to be elected president, and especially if he had Congress that will do his bidding, you will not recognize our country. Jed, I tried to warn people. I tried to make the case that this was really dangerous. The people he was aligned with, what they were saying, what he might do, I do think. But for Jim Comey and the Sunny Pool 10 days after the election, I would have won. I feel terrible about not stopping him and the people around him, but I feel like now everyone can see them for themselves what kind of leader he is. Clinton added, clearly there were people who liked what he saw, what they saw despite what I see as the real dangers to our country. They turned out and voted for him, and he's trying to get set up so that'll happen for him again, even as he loses, as he did twice the popular vote. Is America democracy? 
I think I mentioned this one day last week, and I didn't get any. I didn't get any responses. So, email me right now if you're a liberal listening to the program for some reason. If you are on a different side of this perspective on this article than me on this idea than me, email me right now. Josh at gopjosh.com. Send in a voice message. Anchor at anchor.fm slash the conservative crusader. Put in the title, Is America a Democracy? Put in the subject line. Is America a Democracy? Because as defined by our Constitution, as defined by the founding documents of the country, as defined by our founders, America is a constitutional republic. We're not a democracy. We're not a monarchy. We're not this or that. We are a constitutional republic, a democratic republic, which is a a constitutional republic, not a direct democracy, as people think we should be. We are not. That's not how our founders intended us to be, and that is not what we are. So Hillary Clinton, if President Trump won in 2024, as I believe he will, it won't be the end of our democracy, because we aren't a democracy. You can't end something that never existed. At least I don't think you can. I don't know how you can end something that never existed. So Hillary Clinton, Trump will not end our democracy. It has to exist first for him to be able to end it. My name is GOP Josh. We'll be right back after this. Make sure you rate five stars on the podcast. And we'll be right back after this. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. Excited to go over the Texas six-week abortion ban. But first, I have to tell you about something you can do for free to help out the program on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, hit that five-star. Scroll down beneath all the recent episodes. You'll see something called reviews and ratings. Click the five stars. Help out the program. It would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Court leaves six-week Texas's six-week abortion ban in effect and narrows abortion providers' challenge. This is from Amy Howe with SCOTUS Blog. So I never actually sourced SCOTUS Blog. Um, I do want to read off what it says on the bottom of the article. Amy Howe, court leaves Texas six-week abortion ban in effect and narrows abortion providers' challenge. SCOTUS Blog, December 10th, 2021, to 11 p.m. for the recommended citation. Nearly six weeks after the Supreme Court heard oral arguments in two cases challenging a Texas law that bans almost all abortions in the state, the justices on Friday limited, but did not fully eliminate the ability of abortion providers to continue their challenge in the lower courts. The court ruled that the providers' lawsuits can go forward against a group of state medical licensing professionals, but not against the state court judges and clerks whom the providers also had also tried to sue. The Texas law, known as, uh, as SB8, remains in effect. The ruling in the provider's case, Whole Woman's Health v. Jackson, allows the providers to clear to return to the lower courts and seek an injunction against the licensing, licensing officials. But it is not clear how, how much relief that could provide from a law that has intentionally relied on private citizens for enforcement. The judges also declined to weigh in on a separate challenge to the Texas law brought by the Biden administration. 
and they declined the administration's request to put the law on hold. SB 8, which took effect on September 1st, bars doctors from performing abortions started around the sixth week of the pregnancy, except in cases of medical emergencies. As a clear conflict with the Supreme Court's landmark decision in Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey, which established a right to an abortion up to the point at which the fetus becomes viable, which normally occurs around the 24th week of pregnancy. The future of Roe v. Wade, the future of Roe and Casey is squarely on an issue in a separate case involving Mississippi's 15-week abortion ban that the justices heard last week. The question before the court in the Texas provider's case centered around on SB 8's usual and unusual enforcement mechanism, mechanism which delegates the sole power to Delegates the sole power to enforce the law to private individuals rather than state officials. The law allows anyone to make anyone to bring a lawsuit in state court against anyone who performs an abortion or helps make one possible with at least ten thousand dollars in damages for a successful lawsuit. So they are not stopping the uh, they are not stopping the abortion ban. They are not putting it on hold even. They're not halting it. What they're doing is saying they can compl- other uh, the abortion providers can challenge it. And that's all they're saying, basically, from what I understand. They can challenge it in lower courts, but the Supreme Court, as of now, is not putting it on hold, is not stopping it at all. And good for the Supreme Court. That's what the Supreme Court should be doing. They shouldn't be putting it hold so they should not be this and that. They should be... They should be... Um, Allowing it to be enforced because it is not unconstitutional. They, uh, I don't know. So the SCOTUS blog's opinions, I, I think, is pretty nonpartisan for the most part. As much as a political style blog could be nonpartisan, but I don't think it's that unconstitutional. If it was un- unconstitutional, the Supreme Court would have struck it down. And Gavin Newsom is seeing that it is, that it is not con- unconstitutional, and he is going to use it in his own way. How California plans to copy Texas abortion tactics for gun control. This is from Ellen Ionis from Vox.com. California Governor Gavin Newsom announced Saturday that his administration will push for a new measure modeled after Texas's controversial abortion ban to limit the sale of assault weapons and quote-unquote ghost guns in the state. The proposed bill, according to a press release from Newsom, would allow Californians to sue anyone who manufactures, distributes, or sells an assault weapon or ghost gun kit or parts for damages. The same injunction skirting mechanism that Texas has used to ban all abortions after six weeks, which has so far been permitted by the Supreme Court. If that's the precedent, then we'll let Californians sue those who put ghost guns and assault weapons in our streets. Newsom said in a tweet Saturday, if Texas can ban abortion and endanger lives, California can ban deadly weapons of war and save lives. Newsom's statement comes off the heels of Friday's Supreme Court ruling, which further entrenches Texas' ability to ban virtually all abortions in the state, despite allowing a suit against Texas state health officials to advance. As Vox's Ellen Mischer explained, the upshot of this decision is that while the abortion provider plaintiffs in Jackson may be able to get a federal court, federal court order declaring that SB8 is unconstitutional, the only real relief that they are likely to win is an order preventing a few state health officials from carrying out the minor role they play in enforcing the law. The most important provisions of the law, the ones that effectively prevent anyone from performing an abortion after the sixth week by threatening them with financial ruins if they do so, will most likely remain in effect. Currently, few details are known about the proposed California legislation other than 
other than its enforcement mechanism. According to Newsom's announcement, plaintiffs suing firearm manufacturers could be awarding, awarded at least $10,000 plus attorney fees if they win their case. As the LA Times reports, however, the California State Assembly and Attorney General Rob Bonto will not be able to move on putting a bill together until January 3rd. And the legislature, recon- legislature reconvenes after the holiday break. Okay. This is so utterly stupid. Okay. <laughs> I-, I don't like to just flat out say stupid like that on the program. Just, just, just point out exactly what it is. But that's what it is. I mean, it's... It, uh, it's used as a political win-win for Gavin Newsom, as Vox said in another part of the article. And you know why? The Constitution, please, 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 show me an article of the Constitution. Show me an amendment to the Constitution that tells you, tells me, tells the average reader of the Constitution or a constitutional lawyer that abortion is legal. Where is the word abortion or aborting the fetus or the word fetus at all in the Constitution? I'll, I'll take that in the form of an email or a voice message if you'd like. You can email me and do a specific citation to, to, to prove it to me. But abortion is not one of the, 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 the key 10 amendments of the Constitution. It's not one of the 27 amendments of the Constitution. It's one or two Supreme Court cases from a liberal Supreme Court that said that they want to legislate from the bench by making it quote-unquote legal. There's a difference. And frankly, I don't think this is going to fly. And let me explain why it's different. I, I mean, I just said, it does not say in the Constitution that you can get an abortion whenever you want to. It does not say you can get an abortion at, at 24 weeks. It does not say you can get one at 23 weeks. It does say, however, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Do I have my copy of the Constitution behind me? I have like two. Where's it at? I don't think I have it. I don't think I have it on, uh, in the studio. No, I don't have it that I can find here in the studio. But I remember sourcing it for a TikTok. I, I, I pulled it out. I put out my pocket Constitution on Twitter, or on TikTok, and I was like, here, here's the Second Amendment, Joe Biden. I think you should read that. It was a hilarious video. Got me some hate. All my TikToks get hate. But anyways, uh, yeah, that, that that's a difference. I think it will be taken differently. I don't think it will be enforced. And yeah, we'll, we'll have to see how that goes. Titleist Blocks. Titleist is a golf ball company. Let's go Brandon on golf balls allows numerous vulgar messages. Now, I'm not a golfer. I'm not a fan of Let's Go Brandon. I think that it's the media's way of telling you to stop saying what they want you to say or what they don't want you to say, which is F Joe Biden. And, you know, I um, I don't want to say either, to be completely honest. I don't want to sink the ship that we're all on, as they would say. But Titleist have blocked, this is from Daily Wire's uh, Joseph Curl. I'm actually just getting a, a Twitter notification from CNN. At least 64 people are dead in the California, or not California, I'm sorry, Kentucky. How did I mix those two up? Kentucky um, tornadoes. So I I need to say um, praying for everyone involved in that, praying for the recovery of Mayfield, praying for the recovery of Illinois, all of the surrounding areas. It's, It's extremely upsetting. And I could say how I think it's an omen about how everyone was saying that Christmas won't be the same without this and that under the tree. I think it was what uh, I, I don't want to say tragedy, 
was brought upon by God, but it is it is a way of saying, I think, personally, that with the Amazon building collapse, when it had concrete walls, that Christmas is not made in a factory. It is not made in a sweatshop. It is made with family surrounding each other, spreading love and cheer, and remembering the day that Jesus Christ was born. That's what it's all about. It's not about it's not about the gifts. It's not about the presents. It's about the presence of Jesus Christ in your life, about the presence of family. Okay. Titleist has blocked golfers from writing, let's go burn it on personalized golf balls, but vulgar messages such as kill Trump are apparently hunky-dory. Daily Wire reported last week that the giant golf ball company blocks customers from putting the anti-president Joe Biden statements on golf balls. The Fox News followed up finding out that all sorts of derogatory messages can indeed be put on personalized golf balls despite Titleist policies. Certain political and vulgar messages that Fox News Digital tested on the website did not receive the same error message, including F Trump, ACAB, Antifa, Kill Cops, Impeach Trump, and Kill Trump. The Daily Wire tried to get comment from Titleist on its first story with no avail. The story emerged from a Twitter pay- post by Caleb Hall. I think he's from the Daily Caller, is he not? Caleb Hall. Let me, let me, let me verify that. Caleb J. Hall. No, he is not. I'm thinking of a different Caleb. This is Caleb from a Targeted Victory, or formerly from Targeted Victory. Ballistic Social, I've never heard of that one, but that's where he's from. I really don't know what they do. Anyways, anyways, anyways. So Titleist has now banned the phrase, let's go branded on their golf balls. And Daily Wire went onto the Titleist website, clicked on personalize, and typed in, let's go Brandon. Here's the message at the top in red. Sorry, one or more of the words you have chosen cannot be used. Please see our terms and conditions. Under products, Titleist said, um, however you pronounce the name, reserves the right to reject orders for imprint on our products that may in our sole discretion be inconsistent with our company values or brand identity, including but not limited to logos, design, and or personalization that are negative in nature, advocate violence or illegal activity, or are slurs, hateful, threatening, libelous, defamatory, vulgar, obscene, or pornographic. Let's go, Brandon, is an euphemism of F. Joe Biden, a chant that has exploded across the U.S. in the last few months, with college football crowds booming out in their frame in unison as they gather by the thousands in huge stadiums. I don't like Let's Go, Brandon. I think it's very stupid, uh, to be completely honest. It's a psyop. It's a controlled opposition statement to get you to stop saying F. Joe Biden, to get you to stay quiet about what you really want to say. But oh, let's go, Brandon, guys. Let's go, Brandon. And the songs from it are good. The, uh, especially the Bryson Gray song from it is good. But come on, guys. If you want to say it, say it. Don't take this liberal psyop, this liberal media psyop, to get you to say, let's go, Brandon. Say what you really want to say. If that's what you want to say. This is, this is a family-friendly podcast. I'm not going to say it. But it, it, it should be consistently upheld. If they're going to ban let's go, Brandon, they should ban F. Trump. They should ban... Um, Antifa, they should ban ACAB, they should ban this and that. And one more story if we have time. Elon Musk is Time's Person of the Year for 2021. Time gave the Musk the award for his dreams of Mars to see bestrides Earth, square-jawed and indomitable. The magazine also offers honors vaccine scientists who tackled COVID-19 as their heroes of the year. Simone Biles was named Athlete of the Year. The richest man in the world does not own a house and has recently been selling off his fortune, Time's Right and Tribune. He tosses satellites in orbit and harnesses the sun. He drives a car created that uses no gas and barely needs a driver. With a flick of his finger, he hit the stock market, soars, or swoons. 
Times profile notes Musk's madcap social media presence, but argues he is genuinely larger-than-life figure whose presence in various emerging technologies coupled within a year of wins for Tesla and SpaceX makes him worthy of the award. He joins Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, Charles Lindbergh, Franklin Roosevelt, Adolf Hitler, Martin Luther King, Martin Luther King Jr., Gandhi, the American soldier, Queen Elizabeth II, Mark Zuckerberg, Greta Thunberg, and you as the time person of the year. I don't know a lot about Elon Musk. I know there's some things that I don't agree with him with that are just kind of kind of iffy that I don't agree with him on. But, you know, congratulations to him on that honor. I still think it should have been frontline workers who are getting fired from their jobs for not getting the vaccine. But, you know, that's my personal opinion and I do not work for time. My name is GOP Josh. Make sure you check out GOPJosh.com. Follow me on Gab, Twitter, Instagram, Getter, Telegram, TikTok. Uh, what else do we have? Do we have anything else? Email. Email me, Josh, GOPJosh.com. Subscribe for the email newsletter. Just go to the button on my Twitter page that says newsletter or GOPJosh.com. Click the newsletter button. My name is GOP Josh. We are over time. So peace. Oh, I accidentally clicked the applause. All right. See you guys. <laughs>